stage directions. I'm Ashley Griffin, your theatrical Hermione Granger, and today I'm joined by a wonderful guest, Mick Blyer, who is a phenomenal performer, but also a really incredible fight director and intimacy director, who I've gotten the chance to work with in many capacities over many, many projects. He's one of my favorite collaborators, and I'm really excited to have a conversation with him today. So, hey, Mick, thank you for being on my mm, podcast. My pleasure. <laughs> How are you doing? Doing all right. Yeah? Doing all right. Um, so, I previously recorded your lovely intro and told okay. people things about you. <laughs> oh, God. Um, but would you like, all lies. <laughs> would you like to tell people a little bit about yourself and what you do and how you got into the industry and all the sure. many, many jobs that you do? <laughs> uh, all the different uh, rivulets of how I got to here. Yeah. Um, well, I've been in the city almost 20 years. Wow. Um, and came for school and ended up working a lot in my early 20s because uh, I was a dancer. Mm-hmm. Where'd you go to school? Uh, <laughs> Wagner College. <laughs> and how did you like it? It was not the place for me. Yeah, that's how I feel about the first place <laughs> I went to school, too. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, it was, it was yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't regret going because it was, uh, it, Wagner is on Staten Island and it was an incredible springboard for me for the city mm-hmm. um, because I think if I had gone to school you know at NYU or, or somewhere else uh, I probably would have gone a little wild yeah um, just I was a naive 18 year old kid you know yeah. um, so and I met some of the most incredible people uh, and if I had gone there I wouldn't have felt the impetus to start auditioning as early and then uh, instead of I was going to transfer uh to uh, to other options of schools and then I ended up going on tour and then mm-hmm. you know started my career earlier than I had anticipated leaving school wasn't really an, an option for me because yeah. um, school is very important to my parents yeah. uh, and to me um, were you a dance major? No, I was a theater speech major. Theater speech mm-hmm. major? Is that mm-hmm. a double major or is that a, its no. own major? No, theater slash speech is, is what the... I, I don't know if they now have a different title of theater majors at mm-hmm. Wagner or not. Um, but I was... I think my la- final semester, I knew I was leaving. Yeah. And I think my long day of dance was like 13 hours or something insane. Mm-hmm. My short day was, you know, 9 or 10. Because yeah. <laughs> uh, I was I was also... Um, I was doing the dance concert at the same time. So dancing all day and then dancing all night. Um, so I, I, dan- I did a chorus line a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wasn't... Okay, backing up, I was a gymnast as a kid mm-hmm. and a hip-hop dancer... Because I grew up outside of Philly and like... I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, which translated into going into ballet class when mm-hmm. I got to college. I hadn't really taken any structured dance yeah. classes before. And my natural movement ability, um, they were like, you're going to be a dancer. And I d- could do it, but I wasn't trained long enough to understand how to maintain it. Right. I didn't have a natural... Um, foundation in dance and and um basics so i injured myself a lot yeah. while i was traveling and on, out on the road and uh as i sit here with two knee braces on and an oh, ankle no. brace um you know i'm i'm <laughs> i'm older than i look and younger than i feel <laughs> i just i'm i'm i i left i left the world of dance for a lot of emotional reasons but mm-hmm. the physical was was a part of it as yeah. well um 
and yeah, I, I, so dancing was a major part of my life and I left that, um, and decided to really focus on classical theater. And when that happened, I was also seen for my movement skills Mm -hmm. and ended up doing a lot of fighting, stage combat and sword work and, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. I freaking love it. Yeah. Uh, if I can play with swords all day, I'm pretty happy. Did you do any of that in college, or did you learn most of it out of school? Um, I There was a tiny bit of combat, putting that in air quotes for the people at home. Um, and like like 12 air quotes yeah. for the people at home. There, there, was a, there was a movement class yeah. in college that I ended up taking all four semesters that I was there. Not because it was a great class necessarily, but because it was a very physical class. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually learned how to box there, which played into a, a show I worked on a couple years ago. Um, and there was a, some other movement abilities, but it wasn't. It was a. It was an odd class. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wish that they offered more training in combat. Like when I like at NYU, all of those classes were extracurriculars that you oh. could, like could sign up for, but right. didn't have to. And I, st- I learned pretty much all my combat from doing stuff. Like when I was when I was eight years old, the fight choreographer from the Adams Family movies was our fight choreographer, and like that's awesome. Taught us how to do everything, and that's then so I cool. did Shakespeare and stuff, and so I learned everything like from amazing professionals. But yeah. on the job, I totally. never learned it in school, and I think it's important because. I'm sure you've had this experience of getting in shows where a lot of combat's required, and there's people who have no idea yeah. how to do yeah. it. Um, I, I, it's 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 more often than not when I'm coming in as a, a choreographer or director that I'm like, and what is the skill level? Okay, let's let's right. let's start there. Yeah. Um, well, and there's a lot of different kinds of stage combat. I think. I oh think yeah. Most people initially think of like Shakespearean. Right. Sword fighting. And I will say, in those capacities, more often than not, people have more training because. Right. If you're going into classical theater, you have to have an understanding that there are going to be other things that come into play. Right. Um, if those who just do contemporary or modern plays, that's having that skill set of any sort of combat is less, yeah, a uh, less part of that kind of curriculum. Right. Um, and even within the sort of Shakespearean things, there's foils and broadswords mm-hmm. and a million different things. But then there's as you said, more contemporary. Thing. One of the best moments of combat I've ever seen on stage was Bill Irwin in Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? Because he's so physical <laughs> mm-hmm. anyway and does such crazy... It was, it was amazing. That so, was a brilliant production. It was really good. I mean, really, I've not seen any production of that that wasn't great because it's just so beautifully written. Yeah. Um, but when you have this, the correct dynamic between your George and Martha, it's, it's an unstoppable piece. Yeah. And one of the things I really love about you as an artist is you're so good at so many different things. They all all feed each other. Like, you're obviously a wonderful actor-singer-dancer. You're also a wonderful fight choreographer and stage combatician. But but weaving all this... Combatant. I like like combatition. Sounds like you went to beauty school for it or something. (laughs) I'm the prettiest fighter there is. That'll be on your business cards. Done. That'll be on your business cards. But they all really weave into each other, and it's one of the reasons that I really wanted to work with you Hmm. initially is because a lot of my pieces specifically have a lot of those different skills that you you need all of them to weave into each other. Yeah, what what have we used as weapons? Apples, 
uh, knives, uh-huh. fists. I mean, just bodies in general. Yeah. Um, um, the apple was the... Scarves. The, yeah. Scarves. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, well, so Mick and I met, we met doing the, the reading of yeah. the, the new musical with Music by Chicago. Is Band that Chicago. how we originally met? I, that's the first... Oh, well, I no, I saw you in Verona, Verona Walls. Walls, but I yep. didn't know who you were. Got it. I went to go see... We have a mutual friend, Ryan McCurdy. Who's the best? Yeah. I went to go see McCurdy, and I, I briefly met you and thought you were very good, oh. but I didn't like meet you mm. until yeah. that reading, and we were just like, happened to be sitting next to each other, and I was like, hey, you're, you're a good actor. <laughs> and then you mentioned that you did fight choreography, and I was mm-hmm. like, oh, that's really good to know. Well, I think Ryan also then uh, recommended me to... Do you had a reading in your living room of was it Lyra? Oh my gosh, I have so many shows. I think so. What was um, it? it was before. Shadow or was Lands. it? Right, it was before Shadowlands. Wait, no, it was wait, way what, before Shadowlands. What was it? Was it? What year was it? Was oh it, god, was it was 2016. I think maybe. No, wait, wait, wait. I think it was 2017. <laughs> it was 2017 because the first show we did together was when you were my fight choreographer on Snow. Yes. Which was the fall. And it was before that. Fall 2017. But that first reading, I was like, oh, you're a really good actor. And then, um, yeah, and then we started talking about your fight background and mm-hmm. everything. Well, to go back to Verona Walls, yeah. um, that was one of the first pieces I did in the city where I was... Um, and for those of you listening, Verona Walls was an off-Broadway show. Yeah, it's sort yeah. of like uh, how Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead take on the storylines of characters outside mm-hmm. of Hamlet, or mm-hmm. inside Hamlet, but you know, ter- more tertiary characters. Right. It has it has a sense of that, except this was Mercutio's backstory from Romeo and Juliet, written by my brilliant friend Laura Hirschberg. Um, I love that play. But I, uh, so I've known Laura for a very long time. God mm-hmm. bless. We met in twenty. 20- 10 or 2009 I think no earlier than that god I've been here too long (laughs) um so and she'd been asking me to do readings of this play for a long time and I couldn't make it happen and uh then this production happened and I was available and I actually asked she and the director if Delisa White is the director who's also a brilliant lovely now dear friend um if they had a fight choreographer Mm -hmm. because i was really looking to to expand my um resume in that way too Mm -hmm. and it's one of the first shows i've done in the city where i've had to do both and i've it's ended up happening a couple times now which is um is a different kind of juggling act Mm -hmm. than i was used to but i was really proud of that show in all of the capacities it was a wonderful show Yeah. yeah yeah I'm I'm hoping that the the play has an opportunity of life some sometime. Yeah, yeah. I hope. Um, so snow was the first thing that we worked yeah. on, and I mean all of my pieces are most of my pieces not all of my pieces are very very physical, but snow especially has mm-hmm. an enormous amount of combat. Yeah. I mean so much combat in that show that when we were figuring out um, the fight call for those of you who don't know um, when a show has a lot of combat or physical moments in it they'll do what's called a fight call beforehand so like. I don't know, at 45 before the show starts, the fight choreographer or fight captain will take the actors out on stage and run through all of the combat moments in the show and figure out and tweak things. But we realized there were so many combat (laughs) moments in snow that we couldn't do a fight call of all of them or we would be running the entire show before we did the show. Right. That's how many there were. Yeah. Um, So you have to find the key elements that uh, 
so fight calls are designed so that um, actors can be safe. Yeah. And if uh, usually the way I run a fight call as fight captain, I, I usually try to set it up if I'm just there as the fight director or, or mm-hmm. fight choreographer. Um, I try to set up beforehand, before I leave, how a fight call should be run, and then the fight captain will take over. Often when I am both an actor and choreographer, uh, I end up being the fight captain, Mm -hmm. just because it makes sense. Um, But when in that case, I try to put myself in as few fight sequences as possible, because I think it's important that the fight captain be able to Mm -hmm. see what's going on and not just be involved. Um, So... The fight call is usually set up that you run it twice. You do once, you know, just going through the motions, and the second time, um, I hate using any terms that involve velocity, um, so I try not to say up Faster. to speed yeah. or show speed. I hate those those concepts because then the intention from the get-go is that we have to get fast. Right. No. So I say uh, first time without intention and second time with intention. Yeah. So that way um, you are going through the... Mm, <laughs> this is a, <laughs> so many sh- side shoots to this conversation. Right. Um, I think fight choreography needs to be as uh, in your body as any other blocking and movement. Mm-hmm. It should be as... Uh, as as subconscious as breathing, because if we're pe- actors get ramped up and, and there's adrenaline, and when you're in the heat of the moment, again air quotes, um, things will naturally progress in a certain way. If you have this choreography in your body and it is it, there's muscle memory involved, mm-hmm. you won't ever extend outside of that yeah the your emotions might be high but your body knows exactly what it's supposed to do and it won't get ramped up beyond that at least that is my goal when building choreography because i i again i think it's a detriment to the safety of actors to think about trying to get it fast and trying to get it i'd rather sacrifice it looking real than know the actors are going to be safe and what I think is interesting about that is um, I've gotten feedback on your work that it's the most realistic fight choreography <laughs> people have ever seen, but you're so... The number one priority for you is always every, every kind of safety. Yeah. And two things I want to throw on this. One is um, the element of intimacy direction, uh-huh. which is um, a whole other category that's kind of come to the forefront in recent years, which I'm so grateful for. And the yeah. idea is that intimacy direction is like fight choreography for any physically intimate scenes like most overtly like sex scenes right. uh, the idea that it's it's like fight choreography but for any physically intimate or overtly sex mm-hmm. scenes or whatnot in a show it's um, come into the public consciousness more in the past few years which I'm very very grateful for yes agreed um, but with that with intimacy direction and fight choreography there are so many I feel like everybody has one terrible story about being in some <laughs> show where there's no fight or intimacy director um, the director doesn't know what any of this is, and it's just like, ah, do what you feel. Oh boy! And I've I've, <gasps> I've definitely been in those. I've been in those. My entire body tensed up. Yep. <gasps> no, I've been in those situations, both in intimate scenes and physical scenes, where it's like, just do what you feel. And <laughs> I'm I'm somebody you know. I'm I'm game for everything. Yeah. I'm kind of fearless when it comes to that stuff. That being said, I'm I will never do something that's unsafe, and I know my own limits very well. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
I, I am kind of game for most things, but I'm also the first person that will stand up and be like, uh, no, that's completely unsafe and I feel very uncomfortable doing that. Mm, yeah. Um, so I think that both things are very important. And I also want to throw out that you got nominated for um, an award huh. for your fight in intimacy direction for Snow um, in, in the best choreography category. And the mm-hmm. thing I think was really cool is everybody that you were up against was a dance piece. Yeah. And I have to say it was it was yeah. uh, it was the largest aspect of uh, combat mm-hmm. in snow was based around sexual violence towards women. Yeah. And I was the only male in a category <laughs> full of women. And I just felt like, oh, God, this is and and. I, I, th- I think I told you at the time, yeah. while being recognized for one's work is awesome right. uh, and, and what a cool honor, um, being nominated for, you know, a pretty um, realistic like, rape yeah, scene is yeah. not... It just made me feel like, oh, God, really? Right. Well, but I feel, I feel like what it was a testament to was um, the fact that it was, it was clearly done in... I don't want to use the word beautiful but a poetic mm. very mm. safe way mm-hmm. um and yeah let's talk about that fact sure. that, you know also most of most of the time when you hear about these kind of things going wrong or issues you yeah. know women are very much at the forefront of that conversation i think it's great and very important and that needs to happen well i, I so, so hearkening back to yeah. what you were just saying about um you know, do what you feel. I've I've been in <laughs> my whole body just tends right? to that too. Exactly. I hate it so much. Um, uh, I I've been in a lot of especially callback situation mm-hmm. with scene work, yeah. and I always approach you know my scene partners, male or female, um, but usually it's a female right. in this particular scenario. And I say, okay, are you comfortable if I touch your arm or if yeah. I and, and almost without fail the female actor will say, no, do whatever you want. Right. And I think while I don't want to mansplain this. <laughs> well, no, I'll, well, to help with that, I'll throw that out. I've been in the same situation. Actually, recently I had an audition that was very physical in nature and I was paired up with men mm-hmm. and I turned to the men and I said, hi, I'm Ashley. I'll be your scene partner today. What are you comfortable with? And they had like never had somebody ask them that. And right. they were, I, I it was, it was a chemistry read. So I was reading with a bunch of different guys and they were all like, oh my gosh, thank you for asking. And mm. they said the same thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Whatever you want to do is fine. So I feel like we all, I, th- I think we're, I think bit. we're conditioned yeah. to, to think that way. No, I'm game for, I'm, yeah, I can do it. I, whatever. Right. But I, I, I think, I, I, I'm trying to use my choose my words very specifically. Having a little more, oh God, I don't want to use the R word, but a little more respect for what happens in that room mm-hmm. and what we are comfortable with, because it it takes a bad situation or a bad circumstance to make you realize yeah. that boundaries need to be set and conversations need to be had. Yeah. And I think. You know what? What the thing uh, all productions don't have enough of is time. Uh-huh. However, I think it is an important thing that needs to be established very early on in rehearsal that these conversations should be had, yeah. and not to sacrifice that yeah. because there is not a lot of time. Well, and also the fact that safety, physical safety, but also emotional safety, <laughs> is is a factor. I mean, there's there's a, theoretically a difference between doing a scene that's not physical in any way and being like, yeah, just sort of like you know 
do whatever, like sit in the chair or don't sit in the chair. Right. When there's safety that's an issue, that that's no longer potentially an actor being a diva. That's like needing to take right. care of yourself. Yeah. And I think a lot of that has to do also with actors knowing themselves and being confident with speaking up. Like there's a lot mm-hmm. of actors that honestly, I probably don't necessarily know what their boundaries are. Right. If they, you know, like what's your experience been when you get into a production and you like, okay, with snow where basically everybody mm-hmm. in that show had to be involved in something. And you did talk to us, you know, what are you comfortable I, with? I think on? my first, first conversation is always as opposed to, hi, I'm your fight choreographer. Let's stage a rape. Right. <laughs> yep. Like, yeah. we don't have a lot. I, I, I think I had five or six rehearsals with you. It was yeah. not a lot of time. Yeah. No, my first thing was, okay, your safety is paramount. Yeah. And if something doesn't feel right, you need to tell me. Yeah. Please, I want you to tell me. And if you don't feel comfortable telling me, tell Ashley or tell her stage director or, or stage manager. Yeah. Because I also, I'm not, I, I'm not prescient about my choreo. If if you want to use your left hand instead of your right hand yeah. because it feels better, great. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's the thing about movement. It has to be customized yes, to people. I agree. Um, and I think that's one of the great things also about having a dance background. Like, I have a very serious mm. dance background coming into it, and I love having that vocabulary because it gives you a command of your body mm-hmm. and a knowledge of your body. And in any kind of dance choreography, too, yes, you have to do what the choreographer's saying, but things look better on one person. In Totally. A different way, and and so having that conversation, I think, is great. Yeah, and and if we're talking about heights and arm widths, and you know, like if if I have a three step punch, I've got long legs. Yeah. If on someone else, it's going to be a different sort of gait. Yeah. Or or we need to adjust distances. Yeah. Um. So I I my first conversation is always speak up, please. Yeah. Talk to me about it, and if it doesn't feel right, if it doesn't feel natural, we can talk about it and we can adjust it because I want it to look good on you. I want you to feel comfortable in it, and I want you to feel not just physically safe but emotionally safe. Yeah. And I think I, you know, every time we were in one of those literal positions, right? Yeah. Um, with you and and Ryan. Yeah. Um, There's so many Ryans. So many Ryans. So many Ryans. Um, I was always just checking in to make yeah. sure. This is, you know, this is a hard thing to throw yourself into. Well, and for both people, I think that there obviously, and rightfully so, is a lot of emphasis placed on, you know, like, let's say, like, in this case, it was a woman who was Mm -hmm. being raped. And obviously a lot of emphasis on them feeling safe, hugely important. But also on the scene partner. Like, in all honesty, this sounds terrible. I would rather be the victim in a a scene like that than the aggressor Mm. for a lot of reasons. And I think that sometimes it can be potentially more difficult and traumatic and emotional yeah. to be the aggressor in that circumstance. And To be having to do that yeah. every night is really Horrible. emotionally difficult. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so making sure to check in with both performers. And then, so we worked on Snow. Then you were the fight choreographer on Trial. Mm-hmm. Which, how, that was, that was less fight choreography. Yes, but very... Uh, some very specific things. There was a, <laughs> there was a spanking scene. Yeah. There was, um, oh, the, the, the knife, knife in the hand. Knife in the hand. Oh, I had to do that. Oh, the head slam. Head slam. Which yeah. was great. Gisela. Oh, oh so, so great. So good. Um, and then there was all the stuff with, um, Malcolm. Right. Right. Um, we did that. 
what else have you fight choreographed? <laughs> well, um, the, one of the big things that we're working on right now is um, a new play of mine called Peculiar Creatures, Great. which is a really interesting piece. It's very, it incorporates a kind of every kind of physicality that you can. It is a bi- it's a big piece yeah. in that world, yes. And and the thing about it is, it's. I was talking on this podcast a few episodes ago about the development process for mm. the pieces, and this is one of those pieces that really can't be developed in the normal way. You can't do a reading <laughs> right. of it. I mean, it's three a three-person play. One of the characters doesn't speak. Right. She has an entire um, physical language that she's created. It's yeah. not like sign it's language. somewhere it's between sign language and mime and dance. a physical dance expression of things. Yeah. Um, so... We liter- we've literally been in, in workshop development for a year on this piece. And it's been a year. It's Shit. been almost a year, yeah. And we have had to create a physical vocabulary from scratch. Mm-hmm. I mean, we to a degree can now communicate with each other right. in this language. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's more to it than that. I mean, it's 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 a piece about... A, uh, it's, it's a um, surrealist piece about hmm. a brother and sister who literally are each other's entire world. There's no one else in their orbit. They are everything yeah. to each other. Um, she doesn't speak. Um, they have this physical language. They are um, have a lot of very complicated levels of intimacy to their relationship, and then an outsider shows up. Mm-hmm. So there's there's this original vocabulary that's elements of sign language, elements of dance, elements of mime. Mm-hmm. There is sort of actual choreography and ways in it, yeah. and then there's combat in it yeah. too, but also in weird ways. There's not like a you know. A, fist fight in right. the show um, and it's one that we've really had to create sort of together from the ground up yeah. um, so what's your experience bringing all those elements to something together uh, it's it's <laughs> reminded me that um, videotaping rehearsals is really nice because <laughs> uh, especially when for, for archival act- purposes for presenting to producers potentially in the future and just for our own reference well yeah I think for if neither of us can see what it looks like yeah and if it was only about how it felt right well then that's masturbatory and like who cares right right <laughs> if the audience isn't going to get it yeah or there's going to be a disconnect well then the play isn't being served mm-hmm. so I think being able to then go and watch and say okay that is clear oh I didn't realize I was doing that let me make that more intentional because I like that yeah um I think there was there was a movement the last time we met that I was like, oh, I didn't think I was doing that, but now I'm going to right, do yeah. that very specifically because mm-hmm. it felt like the right um, um, translation of the word we were looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, so it it is definitely wearing a lot of hats, and again, coming into the conversation as the cisgendered white dude. Um, <laughs> I I keep asking the question: Does this make him look like a predator? Does right. this feel uh, like it is? What what does what does this what how will this movement be uh, interpreted by an audience? Mm-hmm. Uh, and trying to make it as less because he is definitely uh, a more powerful person yeah. than sister is, and. I don't ever want it to seem like a predatory thing. Right. So having, being able to look at it yeah. is key. Um, well, and I, I kind of want to circle back to, you brought up that you are a white cis mm-hmm. man. 
Um, but one of the reasons I especially wanted to talk to you about this is, again, you know, women and minorities and stuff get, get brought up a lot in these discussions as, as they should, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of issues. But um, for me, you have always been a really wonderful example of positive masculinity <laughs> and sort of an, ex- an exemplar of, um, of all the things that we would want in cis, you know, white male allies. Right. Um, and so I'm curious what your experience with all that has been and how you're able to sort of connect to those things and also to bring up the fact that, you know, as pieces of my deal with, like we did a reading of my show, The Opposite of Love, that, <laughs> you know, abuse to men is a thing too. Mm-hmm. It's true. Um, and that I think that it's really important to have wonderful, um, positive masculine energies mm-hmm. as part of the work and part of the yeah. conversation. Um, and what that has been for you and what advice you would have to other men <laughs> out there who uh, are interested in Be raised this. by really strong women. Yay. That's number one. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I think I've, I've had this conversation with a lot of female-identifying people um, in the business, and especially the world of intimacy direction mm-hmm. is really becoming... and thankfully uh seen as very necessary mm-hmm. and my question was in, in these conversations i've had is there a need for a cisgendered white mm-hmm. intimacy director because it feels like i don't know I, I i sometimes feel like maybe i shouldn't be the one to tell mm-hmm. people what to do or what women should do with their bodies and whatnot, you know, in in the broader sense of this conversation. Well, and as as a female identifying person, I I I think that it is important to have that voice. This has been um, resoundingly the the response, yeah. Especially because, no offense, dudes, <laughs> but sometimes the problem is the man, mm-hmm. and oftentimes they only listen to people who look like them. And I'm not, that is a broad statement, right? But those stories that we've heard, especially there were some some major, um, like, disruptions in the Chicago theater scene dealing with some of this. And it was all white guys, right? I mean, all the worst experiences I've had. Right? So, and and the ones who are going to come in with some of those aggressions and and issues and and sense of entitlements um, are often the kind of people who will have enough respect for another white dude to be like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, well then this is how it's going to be right. done. And I'm not just trashing white guys, I promise. I mean, we are pretty bad. No. <laughs> uh, but I, I think I think th- what has been said to me is that especially if you have a masculine presence in the room mm-hmm. and that masculine presence is sole concern is to keep those who are not like him safe mm-hmm. or those who are those who are I mean, everyone needs to be safe right. in, in combat situations. It's not always just the aggressor and the abused. Right. It's often, you know, a tit for tat. Everyone needs to remain yeah. safe. But it's someone who might look like me can help establish that with with those in the business who may not have right. needed to think about it before. Yeah. Yeah. So w- was that tactfully said? Probably I th- I not. Know. I think it was wonderful. <laughs> I would also 
like to throw out, some people might probably disagree with me. I think that Ernest wanting to be tactful and appropriate is 90% of the, of the challenge. <laughs> mm. And I mean, the earnest part is very important, not just the like <laughs> theoretical giving lip service to it. But no, I think that's all wonderful and very important. And I think, you know, it's it's also because you said a lot of times in real life, the, mm-hmm. the white cis men can, can be a problem. And so I think having an example of somebody who is, is that physically, but is not that... Mm-hmm is very powerful for those who have had negative experiences in the past. And to be able to call out certain mm-hmm. ideas and aspects and be like, hey, that's did you ask did you ask your scene partner if that was okay? Right. Yeah. Maybe you should. So when you're working on a piece, mm-hmm. what do you most want from like when when you sit down with an actor and talk about like, I, what, what what hat am I wearing? Uh, as a as a fight slash intimacy Great. director. Sure. Um it, let's say you're having like a one-on-one sit down with somebody and you know like what are you comfortable with what are you not mm-hmm. how how in depth do you want them to go i mean do you want obviously there's surface level things like oh i'm really uncomfortable with my knee being touched or this or that do you if they've had traumatic experiences do you want them to share that if well they have... here's the thing I, I, me as a human right yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. When I'm coming into a, a process and I'm the the guy doing the fights, mm-hmm. well, then who the hell am I, and how are these actors going to be able to share that with me right yeah. away? I understand that that's not uh, cap- a possibility for a lot of people. Right. I want, but I think clarity from the get go. Mm-hmm. I don't know this person, so I'm not going to share tra- my past traumas. Right. Yes. But I'm also going to say I need there to be communication about this kind of movement or if I'm being, you know, sh- I don't want to be right. shaken. I don't want to be, you know, yada, yada. Yeah. I think, I think not yada, yada as in it's not important, but, right. you know, the laundry list of, of things that could be an issue. Um, I, I, I th- Because me as a human... I am able to be open to that and and how I live my life with I mean I, I've always lived with female identifying people right. my my entire existence yes I grew up with my older sister who's the best <laughs> uh, and then I've just I've lived with with women my whole life so the way I communicate is is probably different than than a lot of other yeah. men well like I know I've had because I've <laughs> I've been in this business a long time, and I know I've had I've had many experiences where I've been called to do things on stage that I have not done in life. Ah. Um, and I remember, especially when I was first having those moments of like not knowing if I should speak up about it. Like mm-hmm. I I was like kissed on stage before I was kissed in real oh, life. And gosh. I mean, I, honestly, honestly, I think I I think. I think, yeah, I think every first for things was always wow. on stage. And I never knew like whether to speak up about it or not. Like mm-hmm. if it was going to cause something weird. And well, that's I also a hard, anything. that's a hard conversation to have. Well, but, but also, you know, then there would be the, the, the moments which also are inappropriate and shouldn't come up of like, I mean, just do it like, you know, like you do in life. And you'd be there <laughs> being like, boop, boop. I, uh, sure. I um, yeah, so I just <laughs> how how helpful is that stuff, and how much is it just a you know say the technical stuff and just get on? Well, let's so often there isn't a one on one with individual actors. It's right. usually 
I'm walking into a rehearsal and I have the, the people who are the scene partners. Right. So if, um, if, if you have an instance in that world, grab me beforehand or grab me on a break, pull me aside. And I, I not just me, I think really right. anyone. Or if, if it's a, a situation where that doesn't feel right or appropriate, mm-hmm. that's when you talk to stage management yeah. because they are your biggest advocates as actors. They have to be because Hope, that's, well, that's that's part of their job, yeah. and the good ones. Right. And I've been very lucky that I've never had a bad one. Uh, God, did I just jinx myself? Maybe. No. <laughs> um, well, I think there's also that that actor stigma which came up before about oh, I don't want people to think I'm incapable of something, right? Or they have to work things around me. Or I, or I think there's also a lot of in trying to be careful with people of making assumptions about what they are and mm. are not comfortable with and right. are can and can't say. I think some of that, I really hate to say that, is is on the actors to a degree. You know, we, we can't trust that you're comfortable with something unless you are actually speaking up when you're not. Right. Um, well, I also, I, I think there, if when entering into a very intimate and personal piece, mm-hmm. you reach out to whomever you can. If it's the company manager, the stage manager, if it's the director or the choreographer, or, you know, whomever you have a, a connection with or an email contact yeah. with yeah. you you say before we begin you send an email or you send an, a, a, a whatever and you say hey i would love to have a conversation about this with those it will affect um either first day rehearsal or you know i i just want this to be addressed yeah early on because we're entering into this very physical world yeah uh, and i i feel like every actor should feel that that is not going to make them look like they're an issue or that they're problematic, right. that they're looking to be safe and understanding and get the ball rolling early so that the process can be as deep and meaningful as possible, as opposed to the first couple of rehearsals being uncomfortable in something and saying, oh, I didn't mention this because I didn't want to be a problem. Right. And now it's really affecting the work. Yeah. Right? I think there's a very fine balance because I've also... There's a fine balance between knowing yourself and knowing what you need to speak up about, and then also being game to play. Yeah. Because I've had, I've had, I've experienced in different capacities all of those different things from actors who were com- knew it was a combat heavy show and refused to do any sort of combat whatsoever. Mm. Um, mm. And that sort of caused problems to people being like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm game, and then later being like, oh, actually, that was an issue, and I probably should have spoken up. Right. To you know, situations where somebody maybe has had real life experiences of trauma and then the team is trying to be so careful and not listening to the actor being like, no, you know, I'm actually okay and I wouldn't have taken this part if I wasn't. Right. So I, I think it's just, it's important that everybody be very communicative mm-hmm. and helpful. And it's true. I, I, um, I, I, even as an actor myself, last summer I was doing a production of The Fantastics. Yeah. And El Gallo has this big death scene, right? Yeah. And they were like, just do something. And because the, the set... Uh, was a little different than the traditional. It was several different platforms oh, and staircases. What did you do, Nick? What did you oh, do? Oh, I did all the things. Oh, no. And the problem was, they were like, that's great, just do that. Yeah. Okay, well then, we got to the set. Right. And yeah. I had bruises everywhere, and I was... Bruising? I don't know. Oh, uh, right. Even... She bruises like a peach, kids. I do. You look at um, me funny, I bruise. Uh, <clears throat> and I... The... the... <laughs> God, what is his next line? It was there was no acting involved. Um, I think I I think I broke something. Oh no! And I'm laying 
like very uh, algeros on the yeah, barricade, yeah, like yeah. hanging by my legs down a staircase. Yeah. Because I've thrown myself there. Right. Now, mind you, I always knew where to, to throw myself so that I didn't bash my head. Right. Because gymnast. fight choreographer. And, I mean, that's the first thing you learn <laughs> um, as a gymnast. There were also trampolines. Oh. Uh, I, I did a backward roll off of one of those. It was bananas. Yeah. And why did I do that to myself? Why didn't I then say, hey, can we adjust the... And they would have been fine with it. Yeah. But there was also a pride thing for me. Like, but it's so great. And I I get applause halfway through and then I get applause at the end for the five deaths. You know, it's like, wow, you're just stroking your ego there, aren't you? But then you're also broken. Right. Nick, you're broken. Yeah. Yeah. Fool. Fool. It was a, it was a young man's it was a young man's mistake and uh, and I'm not a young man anymore. <laughs> well, I think that also brings up I think if if for all actors, but I think especially actors that are interested in combat in any capacity, I think that doing dance and doing gymnastics and mm-hmm. stuff is really important. And yeah. one of the, I don't know if you ever experienced this. I got so much flack in my like, you know, legit drama classes for being <laughs> a dancer. And things like, oh, well, you move too much like a dancer. And, things, and yeah, yes, there, there are moments when that's not appropriate. However, dance gives you body awareness. Mm-hmm. I mean, just basic things of knowing your distance from somebody else in space. Right. is basic awareness that I notice a lot of just humans don't have. Right. Um, how to counterbalance, how to do... All that stuff. I, well, I think I think that statement that that actor said to you. I think there's well, te- a lot teachers. Te- oh gosh. Well, oh, even worse. Yeah. I, I think went, there are a lot. I of... once did a mock dance audition in one of my classes, and I got eliminated at the beginning because I looked too much like a dancer. And I'm like, guys, I don't like what's what what's it's like. Well, this isn't supposed to be like a dance dance audition. I'm like, okay, okay. That doesn't make any sense. No. And again, yes, there are moments that you should not like look like a dancer in what you're doing, but. It's important. And like gymnastics, like the first thing you learn is like how to not land on your head. Right. Which right. is just, it's just good, yeah. helpful. Well, I, I, so when I started doing a lot of classical work, um, I was, uh, there was one summer I was either do a production of A Chorus Line or do a production of The Tempest mm-hmm. as Ferdinand because I was still young Aww. and cute. You are um, young <laughs> and cute. I was, sure. Um, maybe one of those things. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Both of those things. Um, and I, I took a chorus line because it was more money, it was a longer contract, and I was really heartbroken about it. Yeah. And I was telling, uh, you know, cast members and this one dancer, she was like, oh, so you're a real actor. Yeah. What? With my first day at Boston Conservatory, the question everybody got asked is, oh, do you do comedy or drama? Wow. Well, I, <laughs> I feel like, and I feel like this teacher, like, may have these same sort of stigmas but it's also judgment about yourself like mm-hmm. especially doing a show like a chorus line which is so text-based and based on these real humans yeah. you have to do everything in that show mm-hmm. you are a real actor i'm sorry you have to get through music in the mirror you have to yeah. get through telling that story of of nothing that you're a real actor yeah and if you are an actor and you don't move well well then you need to get over that and you say oh you look like a dancer right. well Maybe you should also, you know, it's it's yeah. maybe you should respect what you do enough and say, yeah, yeah, there are some different skill sets and some different ideas behind it, but yeah. we're all busting our asses, right? Well, in fight choreography is called fight choreography. Mm-hmm. They're the most. It's it's funny in snow. Um, I was the one in that rape scene. Um, <laughs> almost everybody afterward would say things like, 
would be, basically make comments that would assume that the rape was the most difficult thing for me to do mm. in the show. And actually, it, was, it wasn't because I, I mean, I was certainly dropped into a degree because I was still acting, but that was a moment of pure technicality. Right. Like, I wasn't in the moment in right. certain ways. It was technical and it was choreography. And it's actually the last scene where I, I didn't have to do anything physical. Right. But just what was happening, that, that was the moment that was the most difficult for me to do. Yeah. Um, but that's the thing. It is choreography. It's about using your body in a certain mm-hmm. way. It's always very, it's extremely technical. It should be. It's the moments <laughs> when it stops being that it's a problem. Yes, I agree. And it's weight and stuff. I mean, like, that's like one of the things with me. I'm, I'm a tiny girl. I'm 5'9". I'm 109 pounds. Like, I'm, I'm teeny. And most of the guys that I, like Ryan in that scene, <laughs> is, you know, over six feet. and Beefcake. You know, Bill, and it's, you know, kind of one, like, slightly wrong move. Yeah. and you, you He could, could break you. Could you could knock yeah. me. And I've, I've done pieces where somebody just had to, like, turn, like, spin me around. And they did nothing wrong. They did everything totally right. And I, like, spun around. Mm. And it's, you have to be very aware in a, in a choreographic sense yeah. of how you're using your body. Absolutely. Um, depend, also depending on who you're being paired with. And, right. Yeah. I'm figuring all that out. Agreed. For you, what's the most difficult kind of fight choreography? I, I think it's it's the sexual violence. Mm-hmm. I do, uh, just because it's it's touchy and emotional and hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, because especially when there's limited time. Yeah, yeah. Um, if if you have to throw a couple punches, I can do that in a two hour rehearsal, no problem, and yeah. and and it will be show ready. Yeah. I can't give you choreography for a, a sexual assault and it be ready to go. Right. Right. I mean, obviously I'm, I'm sort of exaggerating stage punches also need to be rehearsed and all of yeah, that, yeah. but that stuff doesn't, that right. stuff doesn't daunt me yeah. by any means because I know that actors will make it work. Yeah. And when it comes to that more intimate stuff, it is a whole other minefield. Like give me swords any day. For me, I found now the exception is obviously if you're doing sexual violence and you don't have a good partner, like that's oh boy. that's the worst. But for on a technical level, I've found that magical combat is the most difficult because there's no weight sharing involved. Well, we yeah, also for, need yeah. to discuss what the rules are within yeah. that magic. Yeah. So that is a whole another long well, conversation. I guess I mean scenes where somebody's like across the room. Mm-hmm throwing like a spell or the force or something at you <laughs> and you're doing whatever the response this is. This is becoming the nerdiest conversation oh, and I'm love, so into it. No, but it. I've had to do this in shows. Yeah. For me, it's the most difficult because there's no weight sharing at right. all. You're literally just throwing yourself around. Well, and then that's where the conversation is. Okay, the spell is going to hit you in your um, in your solar plexus, right, right. and it's going to resonate through your bones into your knees. Down, you know. It, you, it, again, that's yeah. where that. It's not just throws a spell at you and you fall. Like, yeah. okay. We if we're going to establish it, we need to know yeah. understand what is actually happening to yeah, us. Yeah. I'm going to use the force. Okay, uh, is it right. sque- like is it a Darth Vader choking so, you yeah. to death? Is it you're frozen into one specific position? Uh, is the emperor trying to you know pop your brain? Like right. we let's talk about it, yeah. right? Yeah, which we are, and I <laughs> fucking love it. <laughs> um, well, Stephen Boyer in Hand to God, mm. I worked that show, and 
I watch their fight call every day. Oh my god, it's fascinating. Yeah. But for those of you who haven't seen um, In Hand to God, <laughs> sorry, so no, no, no spoilers. This happens pretty early on, but basically Stephen Boyer plays the lead character, and he creates his hand puppet that then comes to life and is like possessed by Satan. It's and brilliant. He has a fight scene at the end where the the sock puppet is attacking him and it's so so i watched this and i was like yeah. this is genius choreography and this person has clearly seen the evil dead too yeah, yeah, yeah because ash's hand gets possessed by this yeah. zombie thing and it is evil dead one is its own thing evil dead two they realized what they were doing and that it was campy yeah so they sort of just redid the movie yeah but better and then his hand becomes possessed and he has to saw it off with a chainsaw yeah, and replace yeah. it with it. it's right. it's just so the physical comedy in that piece yeah. even though it's a horror film again right. quotes it's so good yeah. and it was clear in hand to god it was like yeah. oh they know that piece well but it was, and they t- stole the best moments of it yeah, yeah. but then it was also this unbelievable yeah. physical stage experience it was incredible but there were more injuries from that uh. fight <laughs> than anything else that i've seen in another show and he imagine. was doing everything technically brilliantly but it's him no weight sharing completely alone having to be both parts of a Right. thing and like shoving himself against a wall where he can't necessarily see distance and right. things like that and it's just it's amazing um what would your advice be to if you're if you're talking to all the actors of the world hello actors of the world um what would your advice be to them about you know if, if people are training if they want to get into mm. this if they if they don't but they know it's a skill they need and they just want to get better at it in terms um, of uh, stage combat in terms of stage combat or just like how to walk into a room just in general what do you want I think um, being as open and communicative as possible is just a way to live life better mm-hmm. um, it's hard in the city it really is uh, just walking through the streets you, you have to being open is difficult yeah um Empaths don't always do so well in the city. I feel that. Uh, I, yeah. yeah. Um, so I've I've learned that I need to um, turn it on and off. Mm-hmm. But in terms of being in the room, um, being open and uh, and and talking about mm-hmm. things, not always. Um, actually answering questions yeah, yeah how are you i'm fine how are you uh, think about what you're actually saying yeah i mean you don't want to go in to an audition and say how are you doing well today was shitty well maybe maybe not maybe don't do that right but especially when you're working with individuals being open and honest yeah. and and because that is going to translate so much more onto stage mm-hmm. than if you don't if you don't know who your scene partner is and they don't know who you are. Yeah. And be focused on the safety of your scene partner. Yes. When both people are like equally focused on the other person, that's when I've seen it go really right. And yeah. it's when one person You have to be on the same page. Yeah. It's when what I because I mean I've I've been in situations where we've been doing a scene, everything's been fine, we'll do the fight call, everything's fine, and then we'll get into performance and suddenly things are happening that have never happened. And then afterward, like a meeting happens and it's like, oh, I was just feeling it. I was nope. in the moment. Like, Absolutely that's, not. That's the thing. That's why you are not like in the moment in that sense when you're in a fight Ugh. scene. It's like things kind of stop and you have to think technically. Well, and this is why I, I think you should get it in your body so that it becomes muscle memory mm-hmm. so that it doesn't ever 
get overtaken by anything else. Being in the moment, go fuck yourself. Well, there's a great story. sorry that make that is this so irresponsible, and yes, we are feeling beings as actors, but how dare you? What a selfish piece of shit thing to say when you were putting your scene partner in jeopardy yeah no absolutely uh, not no i mean i i i obviously am very experienced in combat i've worked with people that are there are very rare times when i have done an improv fight scene in specific circumstances mm. when we've agreed upon it beforehand mm-hmm. and we have worked together so extensively that we can do it mm-hmm. and nothing extreme just right. basic little things but it's a pre- discussed thing it's not something we do in a show that's long running it's right. you know it's little things like that but again i do not advise doing that under any circumstances right. unless you're like certified and have worked with well, this person for years i was i was approached by um uh, a team member of an improv team mm-hmm. about if i would be willing to come in and teach them some moves and i thought about it and i thought the team has been together for a long time yeah However, if improvising a fight makes me makes every fiber of my being go tense, because there has to be because it it is inherently not improvised. It it should not be improvised. No. Um. So, like, I'm gonna go in for a hair pull. You need to have some sort of communication before that moment right. whether it's oh, yeah. whether it's a certain eye look or whatever oh yeah and i will say I'm i've looking... never i've never done anything without like, very clear right. things like that so i i it, it is a it is an interesting concept to be able to have people have the same abilities and right. understand oh we can do a punch here we can do a hair pull here we can do a drag across the floor there that would be cool to be able to do right however it then becomes something other than improvisation right because i i think you can't just jump into a scene and be like, I'm going to drag you across the floor if we haven't talked about it. Right, right. Right? Yeah. So it, it, that that's... I was excited about the idea, and then I thought, I don't think this is responsible mm-hmm. of me. So. Yeah. And directors, please, please hire fight and intimacy yes. directors. Like, I'm begging you. Like, I understand that producing a show is difficult, and there's, like, a limited budget and everything, but there's ways to do it, and just... It's a disaster if you don't. Yes. It really, Agreed. really is. Like, I'm begging you, all directors, producers out there, yeah. please, please hire people and work with people. I am available. Yeah. <laughs> Mick's really good. He's been nominated for awards. Um, and what kind of training would you recommend people get? Uh, um, I, I, as much as you can. And I know that's hard to say because it's expensive as hell. Mm-hmm. And I've, I was very lucky to be able to train on the job in a lot of aspects. Well, and there's different kinds. I mean, there's there's schools you can go to that take you through, like, all the different equipment, like broadsword mm-hmm. and foil, yeah. and that's a whole certification thing. And right. there's so many different kinds mm-hmm. of combat. What I mean, besides going through, like, the full certification process, which I highly recommend, and it's great, and if you can do it, um, if somebody's like, oh, you know, I just sort of, in general, want to have better skills mm. for this... I think some sort of martial arts is great mm-hmm. uh, because it does get you in touch with your body in a certain way. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, if especially if you're contemporary, uh, you know, a modern actor, you know, straight plays, um, I actually think a um, self-defense course mm-hmm. would be immensely helpful. Yeah. Because then you all understand not just how to throw a punch, but how to deflect and how to, you know, obviously you wouldn't be doing those true things within a 
a staged fight. Yeah. Um, but it's getting an, uh, an understanding of the other side of things. And also, uh, what I, what I always find, whether the punch, whether you can see that it's not connecting or not, yeah. it's the intention behind it mm-hmm. and where they're aiming for. Well, and the and the beats, because I right. think people don't really understand how. I don't want to use this word, for lack of a better word, like fake. Right. It really is. I mean, it's not like a punch is never. And then you're going to punch him. It's you make a fist, you make eye contact. You bring your you fist prep, back you to sh- this point. And make sure the audience sees it so that yeah. they can... Because you can't go too fast or the audience won't... It'll just be a blur. Right. But I, I also yeah. think... Um, so I was... Uh, I choreographed um, a fight for um, Henry VI Part One mm-hmm. this summer. And I was talking with the the female actor playing Joan. And I was talking about where her marks were. Mm-hmm. Because there's a whole... Um, especially with swords, there's the one, two, three, four... Yeah positions yeah, yeah. of where the sword and where you're defending and where you're slicing for yeah. but i was telling her um you're aiming for one because you want to slice the tendon in the arm right uh, no i'm sorry one is down below uh the the, uh, the tendon in the thigh yeah um because then that person won't be able to walk well on that arm right. uh, that side same for the leg arm it's the tendon so that they can't use their arm and then you go for five because that's the death blow she yeah. was like wait that's what the numbers are for that's where you're aiming oh, for i'm like yes you were aiming f- yeah that's where the that's how fights yeah. came about because that's where chinks in the armor were, mm-hmm. and that's the biggest um, the way to get your partner to move less well. And if you cut the tendon in an arm, you cannot then use a sword in that arm. Right. Well, so, maybe you can't. So, <laughs> so, so go for that. Yeah. Disable them so that you can kill them. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Again, that's a gross statement that I never thought I'd say. Well, no, but it's true. And, there, and the thing is, there's reasons behind but, all this. So, so taking a course like that, you can see yeah. when you're defending, what am I doing? Oh, you're aiming for, you know, that, um, what's that move? Um, the, the heel, uh, well, God, what's it called? Um, if, like, an attacker's coming at you yeah. and you do this heel up to the so nose, nose. Well, it's also to help jam uh, whatever cartilage or, or, or bones that there are up into the brain right. and also startle them to make their eyes water. Yeah. That's the purpose behind it. Right. Not just to break the nose, yeah. but to get them to stop attacking you. Yeah. Right? So I, I think I think courses like that would actually be immensely helpful yeah. and for... To, and just to help you get in control of your body. Yeah. Because the other element is there's always safeties involved that I think people also don't realize mm-hmm. with a lot... There's... For example, I've been drowned on stage twice. Jesus. <laughs> I love... It's so much fun. I would not recommend... I would not recommend that to most people. I'm like... I'm a surfer. I'm very... I can hold my breath for like two minutes and 30 seconds underwater. I'm, I'm very comfortable with it. However... I, mm, okay. However... No, no, no. We, Did you write this play? No. Okay, no, good. No, however, we... Um, Playwrights, don't write drownings on stage, please. No. From we, the fight director. Jesus. No, but it was very carefully thought about thing. We were working hope with so. some very famous fight choreographers yeah. on it. And the number of safeties that were involved, yeah. like clearly that are very important, which yeah. is why all this stuff is important. Mm-hmm. I mean, even in, sorry to bring it back, but like the rape scene, yeah. I could have gotten out of it anytime I wanted. Mm-hmm. I was the one in control of anything yeah. that looked especially vicious. And like with eye contact or certain moves, it would have stopped. Right. You know, and I think all that's really important. I think that when people start to get really like, we're just going to be in the moment and like do the thing, <sighs> it's because you don't you don't know what's going to happen. It's right. about control and body awareness and mm-hmm. safeties and being able to get it. It's funny, I was doing a, a just a, a basic, somebody had to basically slap me in some show and they, or, or they had to grab my, I don't know, it was some, they had to do something. 
It was very, it was a minor thing. And we were running it full out and I, you know, really reacted and they mm-hmm. did not have a lot of combat experience and they got uh, really they got really concerned that something was wrong right and i was like no no no. i'm like if something was wrong i would have gone slack and i would have just stopped the engagement and they're right. like oh that's how like yeah <laughs> right. so yeah yeah um so where can we find you what's your what's your website and oh my media? god how can, how can I, we stop you uh, how, can we, how can we hire mick blyer to I mean, work on our shows you can you can Call me or email me because God, I hate social media so much. That's a whole nother conversation. I know you, you're never. It on just, it. I know. Every so I mean, often, though, your little picture pops up as like online, and I get really oh, excited. Yeah, I, I just, I. That's probably when I go on Messenger. Yeah. Because that is still a means of. That's a great way to connect with me, actually. Oh, really? So if you want to Facebook me, I guess, and then send me a message via Messenger. Okay. That so would be great. Mick Blyer, Mick with an M as like in Mick mother. Jagger. M I C K B L E Y E R. That's right. And do you have a website? No, because I'm Mick, the worst. I know. I'm trying to help you here. I know. I'm the I'm the worst. It really is. And a friend of mine told me that she would build me a website years ago, and I just I can build you a website. Okay, maybe we should stop this conversation. I built all my websites. We'll do a separate podcast as we listen to the polarity of my building mix website in real time. Oh, boy. That would be great. There would be a lot of silence and cursing. (laughs) A lot of cursing. (laughs) And then periodic cursing. (laughs) It would be like the worst radio play ever. I'm I'm into it. Okay. I'm into it. Great. Great. You're suddenly going to get like inundated with messenger messages. Listen, that would be shocking. (laughs) Am I not interesting? Maybe. Yeah. All the offers. All listen. I'll take most of them. <laughs> be careful. I'm I'm going out of town soon, so yeah. I'll to be, be fam- to be famous in oh yeah and, sure yeah. <laughs> You're going out of town for a gig. Famous dude. in Sarasota. I don't know how how famous that is. Yeah. I mean, they do have a great architectural scene. <laughs> they do. I can't wait to. Like, that's that's going to be my quote on the first page of your website. <laughs> Sarasota, they have a great architectural scene, they do. It's and then you're awesome. and then just your headshot and a decent art scene. Yeah, and the Gulf of Mexico. Great. So like, boom, boom, boom. What else can you ask for? So Mick and I have a rehearsal actually now that we <laughs> we actually have to go do a kind of combat scene right now. Yeah, indeed. With a, magical a, a, magi- a magical combat yep. scene. Yeah. So <laughs> at least it's what I'm lying on is well padded. <laughs> <laughs> And this is much more Darth Vader than anything else. That's true. Yeah. Oh, you do, you do, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, would you like to narrate what you just did? Uh, it was a, it was a um, kind of um, uh, undulating hand movement <laughs> with a claw-like thing to indicate that I was pumping magic into uh, the body of the person and constricting their ability to breathe. Yep. So you're welcome. I mean, as you do. Yep. As I do you that do. a lot in this one. Just once? No. Just once. Twice. When's the second Three times one? Three um. When's the second one? <laughs> uh, don't we do it um, at the end as well? Don't I restrict you at one point? Yeah, at yeah. one point. Yeah. When's the second time? The bedtime. That's the time. It, it's the scene um, right before the finale. I do it as well. Oh, well, w- w- not necessarily. Mm. I mean, when we have the ensemble coming up from hell, maybe <laughs> <laughs> that might replace... <laughs> There's the commercial for the show. I right mean, there. that's literally what happens. I'm not that's exaggerating. Um, that might replace the second <laughs> strangulation. Because <laughs> I mean, I don't think you can properly frighten me with the 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 damned if I can't breathe. I mean, 
You got you to pick. Both things could be true. I mean, you got to pick one or the other, you know? <laughs> Souls of the Damned. I'm, Souls I'm of the Great. Sticking with it. Yeah. So. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thank you. <laughs> and tune in, tune in next time when we will have more um, on stage directions. I'm Ashley Griffin, your theatrical Hermione Granger. And thank you so much. Bye.